0: in uh, your Bibles, or the Bibles provided for you in the pews. First of all, to Psalm 130. Psalm 130, this is a beautiful, beautiful psalm. It's one of the, it's a kind of psalm of, of mourning, a psalm of, of lament. John, my tie won't stay forward. I don't know what to do. I, won't, I don't know what to do with this tie. It's a a psalm where we we recognize our, our own brokenness and our own failings in our lives. And we turn to the Lord and pray that he will come and he will lift us and he will give us grace and he will give us forgiveness. Psalm 130, out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness. Therefore, your fear. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I put my trust. My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchmen wait for the morning. More than the watchmen wait for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love. And with him is plentiful redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all their sins. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And then from Luke's Gospel, chapter 12, verses 22 through 34. Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 22. Jesus said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, don't be anxious about your life what you'll eat, what you'll, uh, 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 what you'll wear. Life is more than food, the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, they have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet, and yet God feeds them. How much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of his life? Well, then you're not able to do a small thing as that. Why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin yet, I tell you. Even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow it's thrown into the oven, how much more will He clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? Don't seek what you'll eat, what you're to drink, what you're to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions, give to the needy, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm no scholar in American history. I tell you a good wee bit about Scottish history. In fact, I tell you, I tell you a fact, and this is about Scottish history. Um, St Patrick was a Scotsman. He actually came from Scotsman. He was um, he was kidnapped as a young man and was a galley slave for many many years, and he ended up on the on the shores of of, of Ireland. The story Ireland, the story is much more complex than that, but um, St. Patrick was actually a Scotsman. At least we believe so. <laughs> if it's not true, it sounds good. And that's all that's important, isn't it? You know? But I'm no scholar in, in American history. I've picked up a wee bit here and there. I watched the Patriot. That's all historical. Um, But one one of the things that that, that I've I've, I've come across, I'm sure you're familiar with this phrase. It's a phrase that's embedded in the Declaration of Independence, I think. I may be wrong. You all can correct me, and I know you will. Um, (laughs) This little phrase. um, Life, liberty, and what? Pursuit Pursuit of happiness. Pursuit of happiness. That's something that's so deeply embedded in our lives, isn't it? It's deeply embedded into our culture. Life, liberty, and in particular, I think, this idea of the pursuit of happiness. What does that mean? What does that look like? What does it mean for us um, to pursue happiness? What does it look like for us to actually be happy? Well, I think happiness has become a kind of overriding uh, compulsion for so many of us in our culture. In fact, so many of us in our pursuit of happiness are so miserable because we're pursuing happiness to such an extent we can never quite achieve it. So we end up in this pursuit of happiness. It does the opposite of what it's supposed to be. I remember when I was growing up in Sunday school in, 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 in church in Scotland, there was a song that we used to sing. So, and, and, and the words, it went like this, it was one of those action songs, and it went, I'm in right, out right, up right, down right, happy all the time, I'm in right, out right, up right, down right, happy all the time, since Jesus Christ came in and washed away my sin, I'm in right, out right, up right, down right, happy all the time. That was ingrained in us, to be happy. So... From a a very, very young age, Maisie was singing. She obviously knows that. How many of you have heard that song before? A few of us. (laughs) If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That one you know, know, right?
0: But it was ingrained in me and in many other Scottish children, I suppose, as you don't know the song. But it was ingrained in us that we had to be happy and if we weren't happy well there was something wrong with us did it mean that jesus hadn't forgiven my sins did it mean there was something wrong with me if i wasn't happy so it's not just an american obsession this pursuit of happiness it was a it seems kind of funny to say it was a scottish obsession as well because the scots are some of the most miserable people isn't that right Daisy? <laughs> you could ever meet <laughs> It's the weather. <laughs> it's pursuit of happiness, being happy. I know some of you have probably seen the bumper sticker, too blessed to be depressed. What a load of bunkum A nonsense. I mean, we probably live in one of the most anxious uh, cultures, one of the anxious, most anxious times in history we are constantly anxious and I think part of our anxiety lies in our desire to be happy. There was a song back in the 90s, I think it was Sheryl Crow, if it makes you happy then it can't be that bad and then forgive me. But the second line said if it makes you happy then why the hell are you so sad? In our pursuit of happiness We are utterly miserable, so much of the time. In this passage here, Jesus talks all about anxiety. And he says, we've got ourselves so anxious about all kinds of things, because we're pursuing the wrong thing. We're pursuing things that we believe are gonna make us happy. It's not just about the pursuit of of food that's gonna make us, it's, it's the right type of food. I need to have this, oh, I need to go to this restaurant. If only I go here, if only I do this, if only I eat this particular, you need to try this. Do you like a parfait? I don't like parfaits, they don't make me happy. I prefer cake, I prefer pies. Pies make me happy. (laughs) Clothes, it's not just about clothes to cover us and keep us warm. It's the type of clothes that we have to We have to have particular types of clothes and seek after those clothes. And those clothes are the things that are supposed to make us content and make us happy. We're always looking for the next best thing. It's the grass is greener on the other side. And there's a whole lot of green here today. <laughs> the grass is always greener. We're always looking for the next best thing. Something more. Something better. Something beyond ourselves and jesus says in this passage stop it you're going after the wrong thing you're always trying to make yourselves happy you're always trying to be happy you're trying to find your joy and your contentment and your pleasure in things to such an extent that we do not want to acknowledge when we are miserable We don't want to acknowledge when we are failing. We don't want to acknowledge when we've done something wrong, when we've broken someone's heart, or we've broken our own heart, or we've broken God's heart. We don't want to go there because we don't feel happy when we do that. Well, the truth of Scripture is, the Bible guides us into those times when we are hurting. The Bible guides us into those times when we are broken hearted. The Bible guides us into these times when someone has wronged us or when we have wronged someone. There's a whole series of Psalms scattered throughout the book of Psalms called the Psalms of Lament. There's Psalms of Mourning. There's Psalms where the Psalmist faces up to his or her brokenness. In the psalm that we read today is one such psalm. Out of the depths, I cry to you, o Lord. When was the last thing you said that? When was the last time you admitted that you were in the depths and you needed the Lord to lift you out of those depths? There's another beautiful psalm that talks about the psalmist waiting, I waited patiently on the Lord. How often is our waiting patient? It's not very patient. We want results and we want them now. The psalmist says, I waited patiently on the Lord. He turned and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit, out of the mud, out of the mire. He put my feet on a rock. He gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth. A hymn of praise to God. The psalmist acknowledges his brokenness, his pain, his anxiety, his angst, but in the midst of acknowledging these things we find out where the psalmist turns. Not to food, not to clothing, Not to a brand new TV, not to a new car, not to a different sound system, not to whatever else it might be for whoever we are. We all have different things that we believe are going to make us happy and they always end up making us miserable. Or at least they don't make us as happy as we think they will. So we need something else. The Psalmist turns to the Lord. And what does Jesus say? Seek first the kingdom of God. That's how Matthew puts it. Luke puts it very similarly in the passage we read today. Seek God's kingdom. And you'll have everything you need. God's kingdom is not typified by happiness. I don't know how many of you remember the the Good News Bible. We've got a few copies in the library. The Good News Bible is the one with the little pictures of people. With the you know without faces the line drawings it was a lovely very very accessible bible but there was one horrible horrible mistake i think anyway that that bible made in part of its translation when it came to the beatitudes blessed are the poor in spirit blessed are those who mourn blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness and so on and so forth those who translated the good news bible they decided to translate the word blessed as happy Happy are those who do this. Happy are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Well, no. We're not necessarily happy. What God calls us to is is contentment. Paul speaks in one of his letters about being content. Whatever circumstances he finds himself in, why can he be content? Because... He doesn't know happiness in that sense you're not happy being in prison you're not happy being beaten you're not happy going through a period of persecution you're not happy with some of the the, the awful things that happen in all of our lives that's not about happiness but can we be content can we be at peace knowing that the lord is with us I think we need to remember one of the names of Jesus in this context in the prophecy of Isaiah he talks about one who would come and who would be the Prince of Peace what calls us to be not happy but to be content and to live in his peace to live in his Shalom there's a story and i may have told this and if i have forgive me i've been here a year and i'm repeating myself already <laughs> forgive me but this is a story that talks about what peace looks like there was a there was a ruler in in europe at some point who um put out a call to all the artists in the kingdom that he wanted to have a painting a painted a, 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 a painting made that depicted peace okay And all the artists went to work painting something that in their mind depicted peace and they all brought their their their, their paintings before the king and and the king turned them away one after another after another after another until there were only two paintings left and he looked at both of those paintings and only one of them could be hung in his royal court and he looked at the first painting Depicted piece, it was a beautiful painting. It was a painting of a of a forest with a crystal clear lake and a snow capped mountain in the background. There was not a sound, there was nothing stirring, there was nothing moving. It was a very static painting, but it was beautiful. It painted a picture of stillness, a picture of silence, a picture of peace. He so looked at the painting and thought, this is beautiful. But this isn't the peace that I'm looking for. And the last painting was revealed. And instantly, he said, yes, this is true peace. What the painting depicted was not a calm, placid uh, 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 landscape. But it painted a very very turbulent picture it was a painting of a of us of a storm overhead the skies were dark dark gray it was a stormy night the rain was pouring down in the foreground there was a there was a waterfall the water was pouring over was stirring everything up there was movement in the whole picture But as the the king looked more closely at the painting, he saw there was a tree that was halfway down the cliff where the waterfall was coming. And on the tree, there was a branch. And on the branch, there was a bird's nest. And in the bird's nest sat a mother bird, watching over her eggs, sitting on them, warming them. The storm was raging all around, the waterfall was pouring down, but there in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the turmoil, was this mother bird, perfectly at peace. Our lives are never easy. In the book by M. Scott Peck, The Road Less Travelled, it begins with a sentence, life is difficult. That's the reality. We have to start there life is difficult but God calls us into his kingdom and his kingdom is not about happiness but his kingdom is about peace not peace where all the the troubles and woes are gone but peace in the midst of the storm dear dear friends may you and I know that peace that comes to us only through the one that we know as the prince of peace jesus christ our lord in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit